0: Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we normally watch a movie I've never seen before. But this week, we're kicking off a full month of watching movies Matthew has never seen. And we'll talk about the good, the bad, and the-
1: What even is this movie?
0: This week, we're going to be talking about The Sweetest Thing on your You Are So Bajiggity podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mandy Kay, and you can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay if you want to gab about how awesome romantic comedies are, and sometimes aren't.
1: And I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew Vose. You can find me on Twitter at Matthew Vose if you want me to recommend some good films to you.
0: Good films. not fair. Uh, Before we get started this week talking about this wonderful movie called The Sweetest Thing, we do have a few housekeeping notes. Um, You may have noticed that we have some new podcast art starting this week.
1: Mm, Amazing new podcast art from an amazing person.
0: Yes, so our wonderful new podcast art was actually made by my boyfriend, Joseph, and we love it. It's time for... A little bit of freshness in our third year of doing Pop Culturally Deprived.
1: Episode one, two, three.
0: Episode one, two, three.
1: New artwork. And it it has been about a year since we started season two, in inverted commas. (laughs) Uh, So we are coming into the next inflection point for Pop Culturally Deprived.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that gives us new art. So it's great. Um, Another thing we want to remind everybody is for the past several weeks, we have been taking a survey of our listeners, and we would really love it if you would participate. It's going to help us learn more about you and, you know, maybe help us figure out some different things we can do with the show. So no matter how long you've been a listener or how often you listen to the show, it is quick, easy, and anonymous. So if you would like to help us out, please go to eloquentgushing.com slash survey.
1: And now on with our regularly scheduled episode.
0: Yes, so I get to ask the questions this time.
1: Mm, good luck!
0: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, Matthew, why have you never seen the sweetest thing?
1: Uh, because it looks dreadful, and and to be fair, the trailer does lie about what this film is and is about. It really does. So, so it doesn't help itself in that front, but ah, uh, it doesn't look good. And, and okay. it has, a, I, I don't even know if we're going to discuss the title, but the title tells me nothing. The title makes it sound like a very standard rom-com. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, love, it's the sweetest thing. Um right. But at the same time, it's got these three women. So it's like, is it going to be about each of them in love? Is it going to be about female friendship? You know, the the film, I think, does not help itself tell me what to expect or what I'm going in for.
0: Right, and the cast wasn't enough to get you interested?
1: No, sadly not.
0: Wow, okay. All right. Well, The Sweetest Thing is a 2002 American comedy written by Nancy Pimental, directed by Roger Cumble, and starring Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, and Selma Blair. It opened number three at the box office behind Changing Lanes and Panic Room, but overall did not do very well at the box office. It was also listed among Ebert and Roper's worst of 2002 in the category Big Stars and Big Bombs. Yeah. Yeah? You, yeah. you think so? You think yeah. that's fair? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I pulled in a synopsis nope. of this movie. This and is my job. And Matthew struck it out and said, nope. And so I'm going to let him tell us what this movie is all about. You're
1: just so used to filling in these boxes. This is my yeah. bit now. Uh, all right. This film, I'm going to try not to be too silly about it. Cameron Diaz falls for Thomas Jane on a night out, but she doesn't take the chance to get to know him. Christina Applegate then convinces her to drive across the state to crash his brother's wedding to find him again. And hijinks then ensue. Samuel Blair is also in this film.
0: I'm actually impressed by your synopsis of this movie because I expected much, much worse. <laughs> That's actually a fairly good read of the movie.
1: I mean, you know, they they took what people liked about Friends and tried to make it into a film.
0: Hmm. Mm. I hadn't thought about it that way. Maybe. Okay. All right. So how did you watch this one?
1: Uh, It's not available on TV, it's not available on streaming services, it's nowhere. I had to spend tangible money to rent this from Google Play, money that could have been spent on other things. <laughs> well done, Selma Blair, that residuals check. All <laughs> 38 cents of it, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, so Matthew is really, you know, rearing up for this one.
1: How did you watch it?
0: I actually own this one because i really like it uh but (laughs) it is available to rent on amazon uh you cannot rent the unrated version which is the version i have but you can rent the theatrical version
1: yeah you can't even rent it on amazon over here you can only buy it
0: oh okay yeah
1: google play is the only place you can rent it yep because i was fairly sure i wasn't going to like return and watch it again and again
0: right I I i took a gamble See, I would. I have actually tried to get Joseph to watch it with me again um, over the last couple of days because I wanted to watch it more than once before we talked about it today right. and I didn't get a chance to. Okay. Um, but I am more than willing to watch this over and over again. So this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, but to clarify, you also did not get to watch the unrated version, correct? No.
1: Interestingly, th- there's other changes, I think, as well, because there's stuff on the Wikipedia synopsis that definitely was not in my version okay the the on wikipedia it lists the people talking about her at the opening Mm -hmm. um it says a um one of them is a man whose masculinity comes into question when he attempted to court christina and was denied claiming her to be a lesbian yeah the scene shifts back to the sexist man whose claims of christina's lesbianism causes an entire crowd of women to attack him with baseball bats and the movie moves along yes that guy is struck from my version of the film
0: wow okay hmm
1: too, too hot to handle, clearly.
0: Right. I wonder I wonder what it is about that that made it out of the final cut.
1: Oh, I had to watch a shorter version of the film.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. So, Matthew, what were your expectations going into this movie? I did warn you that it wasn't a standard rom-com, but maybe you didn't remember that.
1: Yeah, I, I, I expected it to be a nice rom-com. I think going off the title... Okay. A kind of Cameron Diaz, Kevin Costner, something on those lines, and and there the wouldn't be anything particularly original. That so there might be something nice about it, particularly. I, I like. I say, I think I expected female friendship because of the mm-hmm. way the cover was presented. Um But that it would just be okay. It's just another example of this genre. And I think I, I have a question for you here. What is it about romcoms that you do enjoy? That you look for in a in a good romantic film
0: um well primarily the happily ever after right i mean that's what makes a rom-com a rom-com okay
1: so if they stick the landing you're okay
0: yeah but that's not why i love this movie no
1: no but we we are going to be talking about two or three rom-coms over the next few weeks so
0: that's true yeah yeah so i mean the ending definitely has a lot to do with it um but i also like the I'm a sucker for romance. And so I like to see the journey and the, they usually have grand gestures and things like that. And those are the things that I want to see. Okay.
1: You you like the emotional elements of a film?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So going into this one, did you have any experience of the writer, Nancy Pimental? Um, I thought you might have based on where she's come from. Um, she was a writer on South Park as far as movie, she didn't really do anything other that was stellar, but that maybe you knew who she was.
1: Uh, I didn't. She was a writer on South Park from the uh, seasonals two before the movie and just after the movie, mm-hmm. which is about when it, it's not long after the movie that South Park starts getting good. Um, but she stopped around that time. So I think I've seen oh, okay. one of the ones she herself has written. She was staff writer for that period, but, South Park starts off really surreal and then actually becomes quite biting satire for, for a good mm-hmm. long while. And now it's got into a weird serialized thing, uh, which sometimes works. But in the same way, The Simpsons used to be quite good satire about American domesticity and then just became surreal when they ran out of ideas. Right. They sort of switch over around this time, around the turn of the millennium.
0: Okay. So what you're saying is South Park got good after she left the show.
1: Yeah, I'm trying not to say that thing, but also she did write. <laughs> but the, that's what she said. She wrote the sweetest thing, so I should not be too nice to her. Um, I've never seen Shameless. I've not seen her other stuff. Okay. Hmm.
0: And what about our stars?
1: Uh, I love Cameron Diaz. I love Christina Applegate. I think they are incredibly good at the comedy they're given. Because they both do do very funny films, um, as, as well as some dramas and some romantic films. But when I think of them, I think of things like Anchorman, The Mask, um, A Life Less Ordinary. Just uh, films that do stand out as being very funny, and part of that is is absolutely their performance. Uh, okay. Selma Blair, I like. I can never think of what I've seen her in. I think Hellboy is the main thing.
0: I always think of Cruel Intentions when I think of Selma Blair. Yeah,
1: I've only seen that the once.
0: And what about similar movies? So I had to think about this, trying to figure out really what is similar to this, because it it really doesn't know what genre it's trying to be. And so I was trying to think what's similar. And the best I could come up with was Bridesmaids is the closest. Um, and then somewhere else I saw mentioned Girls Trip and Bad Moms, which I have not seen. Um, but then there's also sort of in the same era as this one, there's something about Mary and American Pie. They're all kind of that gross out funny kind of thing
1: yeah you're you're making my points for me here um i i was quite mixed on bridesmaids bits of it are funny i don't i don't go to very very gross out humor so obviously there's a sequence in the middle that kind of put me off whilst also being quite funny um (laughs) i loved bad mums I was surprised how much I enjoyed that film. It was very, very good. I loved the American Pie films, but I was exactly the right age for those when they came out. Right. Um, right. so they, like, absolutely worked for me. There's something about Mary. I only got through half an hour or so off. Okay. I, it just didn't grab me. I think, I think cause I'd seen all the, all the like main points before. Cause it was such okay. a famous film, but I didn't see it when it was out. So I was like, right. I, I know what's right. coming and I'm not sure I want to sit here and do this
0: okay For reasons. That, I, that's interesting because um like roger ebert's review basically compares there's something about mary to the sweetest thing okay And says that this, there's something about mary did it so much better and the sweetest thing is just a pale imitation of it so if you didn't like there's something about mary i can see maybe why you wouldn't have liked this one
1: yeah uh, and i think i have the same point to make as him
0: okay yeah interesting so you've already really kind of told us this, but did you enjoy The Sweetest Thing? No.
1: what even is this film? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it was so funny on when you were watching it the other day and you chatted with me um, on Discord and you just typed Mandy dot dot dot. And I was like, oh, God and then you said what even is this movie what
1: is this film
0: (laughs) it's like oh god he hates it like i knew you weren't gonna like it but i didn't quite expect the level of dislike that you have for it and i think it's hysterical and uh, i love this movie and so i this is gonna be interesting
1: okay Are, are you prepared to accept that maybe it's not a good film whether you like it or not
0: Yes, I can, Um, because it's funny, because I I was talking to Joseph the other day, actually probably yesterday, and I was like, it's so good. And he looked at me and he said, it's really not. It's not. And so I I thought about it for a second and I said, "Okay, how about this? It's really entertaining and it's really enjoyable and fun to watch, which is not the same thing as being a good movie.
1: Uh, Absolutely.
0: Um, And I really, really enjoy the experience of watching this movie. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. It makes me feel good when I watch it. And I think that's why I like it so much okay
1: because it's got to be fair i I was saying cameron diaz and christina applegate are very good when they're given any material and they are very good in this like they almost rescue the film at times Uh, they don't quite um but they do enough to go actually yeah, i can i can see that these are two very good performers
0: right and they work wonderful together Yeah, absolutely. I wish these two had done more movies together. I
1: completely agree with that one. So I'm going to give it credit on that side. I think. I I actually don't think anyone does a bad job in this. I think Jason Bateman's character is a a waste. Right. (laughs) I I think there's much better things they could have done with that character. I think Thomas Jane doesn't get much to do. But what they all do, they do very well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them that. However... Let's, you you were saying about the film doesn't know what it is what genre right. it is and, and i think that applies pretty much at every level like th- this is listed as a romantic comedy everywhere um, it, and i think you're exactly right saying about the the happy happily ever after because it delivers that point mhm that moment in the film is there so so you come out of this going oh yes it was a romantic comedy but i think the writing of it what the film wants to be is a kind of gross out sex comedy and and american pie and there's something about mary are very very good pulls. that's exactly the sort of comedy it wants to go to but it doesn't do that comedy you know american pie you see him with the pie over his lap you see right The use of the beer at the beginning and then you see him drink the beer. You know what's going on. There's something about Mary. You see it on his ear and she takes it and puts it on her hair. And you see the bit with the zip. Like, they show you. They want to shock you and do that. This film pulls away from every moment it could do that. Anytime it's trying to do something gross, you're filming Selma Blair from the nose upwards. Or, uh, oh God, there's, you know, there's toilet water everywhere. Well, yeah, but it's the clean flushing water. Right, it's fine that even when they're trying to do something like that, actually, it's not gross. It's it it sort of pulls away from doing anything that you would go. Oh, that's actually really shocking. Well, no, it's not.
0: Yeah, I think that the worst was probably the dress at the dry cleaners.
1: Yeah, and and so when they do that, it becomes ridiculous because I mean, if you run a dry cleaners, you don't scratch out and taste the stain. That's probably <laughs> rule not. number two or three. <laughs>
0: Right, right. But they were going for the shock value, I think, and, and the absolute ridiculousness of having, you know, the the priest come in and the kids come in and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, I flip-flop on whether that works for me. I think I like that it goes so far, but at the same time, it's just not funny. Yeah. <laughs> there, there isn't actually a joke
0: there. I, I think while, while I do really love Selma Blair's big scene um, with the singing mm-hmm. and stuff – I think this movie would have been fine without her character at all.
1: Well, I, I again, I'm flip-flopping on, on whether I believe this or not. I feel like they wrote the film and then they went they, – they possibly even made the film as written and then had to take a plot out, possibly a plot involving Christina Applegate, and went, oh, that really doesn't work. We need to excise that. We need to fill another 20, 30 minutes – let's write a new character. And they then went to reshoots and they introduced Selma Blair. Hmm. Because whole sections of the film, she's not there where she should be. I mean, she should go on this road trip with them. There's no reason she doesn't other than, well, let's send her off to do other stuff. And she can take 10 minutes of her shouting at someone in a shop and then having sex in a changing room that is neither sexy nor raunchy nor funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so let's talk about God, there's so much to talk about on this mm. i i think the reason that she is not front and center like cameron diaz and christina applegate are or because she's not while she is a good friend of theirs she's not like the core best friends and that's that's courtney and christina right they are that's their friendship is what this movie is about this movie is actually their love story Okay. Honestly, you know, and I was thinking about this while you were talking, with romantic comedies, really, you get the story of the relationship between the boy and the girl, and you see their journey of how they actually get together, and we don't see any of that in this movie. This movie is Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz having fun together, and then at the end, we see the result of that is her happily ever after with Thomas Jane. hmm You know, we don't actually get the love story with uh, Cameron Diaz and Thomas Jane. Like, that's not what this is. This is two women who love each other deeply in a very platonic way and their story. And Selma Blair's character is not part of that love story. She is she's still their friend. She's still very close to them, but she's not quite at that same level of friendship. And I think that's why they do it that way. And of course, if she had gone on the road trip, we couldn't have had the scene, the the behind the tonsils <laughs> piercing scene, you know. And and so I, I get what you're saying, but I think that because the focus was that one friendship, they just left her out. Like I don't feel like it was an afterthought. I feel like it just didn't get the focus and attention that you feel like it should have gotten.
1: And and. Oh, that that then makes me wonder why she's in this film. She has no impact on it other than to have some moments that uh, are supposed to be funny and, you know, we can debate whether they are or not and how they work, but she doesn't impact the film itself. And if it is, it is, right. if it is the film about their friendship, it's not a very good film about their friendship because they're incredibly good friends at the beginning, they support each other throughout, and then they're supportive and good friends at the end. There's no crisis there's no falling out there's no issues they go on a road trip and have fun and then get home.
0: i think that's what i love about it <laughs> honestly yeah like i i feel like it doesn't need they don't need that conflict because it is just a love story right i don't know maybe i'm trying hard to figure out like the right words to explain why i love it so much and some of it is just the way they portray the friendship some of it is just the way they portray women mm. in this movie which i know you have a problem with Um, we haven't gotten to that part yet but i absolutely adore how this movie is while it is over the top completely over the top i will admit that but it's super realistic on how women actually act women aren't the perfect specimens that you normally get in rom-coms they are dirty. They have messy cars. They talk about sex. You know, They do all of these things that you don't usually get them to do in rom-coms. And I think I like that a lot about it. Okay. You know, I've had conversations with friends exactly the same way these guys have had conversations. And so it just, it feels like I'm getting to see something that you just don't ever get to see.
1: Yeah. I think it comes across that certainly it was written by a woman because all that is very authentic. But at the same time, it feels like it was directed by a man.
0: Yes. And so, actually, that's something I wanted to talk to you about. I read an interview with a writer. Mm. And she said that, essentially, back then, when this movie was made, the screenwriters didn't really have a say in how the movie was done. Like, once they sold the the screenplay, that was it. It really became the director's movie at that point. And she said he directed it in such a way that completely changed how she intended the movie Mm. to come across. So, she didn't really want to play into the sexuality of everything it wasn't supposed to be like that she says she says i feel like if you're saying things that are sexual then don't play it for the sexuality if that makes sense Mm -mm. Like, she talks about seeing Jenny McCarthy do improv and how she would be, like, so beautiful and sexy, but then she'd do something like squirting mustard on herself. Right. You know, that equals comedy, doing what you're not expecting. If you're Absolutely. expecting somebody that's sexual to be grabbing their titties, it's not as funny. And so she felt like the tone um that she wrote was really a mismatch in the tone of what the studio wanted. And so it should have been more goofy and silly. Um, she says she writes like a 12-year-old boy. And so that's really what she wanted. She wanted it to be campy. And they played way more into the sexual aspect of it.
1: Yeah, because there's, there's the bit early on where the women are staring at Christina Applegate's breasts. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. they're fake. I bought them. Of course you can touch them. And right. I completely buy that. I buy that conversation. Absolutely. And it ends up with two or three women touching her boobs. And then the scene goes on and mm-hmm. and And the joke there is the guys looking in from the outside going, oh, isn't it sexy, isn't this weird? This is why women go to the bathroom together now if they'd if they'd gone turned it up to eleven and had you know another woman reaching around and grabbing her boobs and another woman and a hand just coming out of nowhere and touching, and just you know you end up with ten, fifteen arms all reaching in t- to like see what they feel like, that would have been funny because it just would have been ridiculous. Right, but having two or three is just—I—I I don't think it's even funny. I don't think there's a joke there.
0: That's interesting because I watch that and I—I I see it as if it were, you know, like ten or fifteen. I mean, I know it wasn't that many, but that's—that's that's the feeling that I got when I was okay. watching. And it's just like, oh my god, all these women are just touching her breasts, and she just doesn't even care. She's continuing to have her conversation. Yeah,
1: I think it. Goes and to so three. I did
0: <laughs> interpret it. Kind of the way that you're saying you wish it was, yeah. had been done.
1: Yeah, that um, kind of airplane style comedy, just, oh, it's ridiculous, but but that's right. what makes it funny. And there is the thing, like I've heard stand ups talk about this, when you do a joke and then you keep doing that joke, usually it's a mime or some sort of quote or something, you actually get a stronger laugh by continuing to do it longer and longer and longer. And, and this is exactly that moment. If they just kept doing it, it would have been funny, but it's then she walks out and knocks the guys over.
0: Right. Okay, so you want to see some of the gags be more like leaned into a lot. Actual, bit more.
1: actual comedy. Uh, like I say, I mean the the bit that stands out is the bit at the shop because her shouting at the woman isn't funny. Her boyfriend in the the furry suit in the the elephant suit having sex with her. Well, it's funny as a visual gag, but then there's nothing else in that scene that's funny.
0: Would it help to know that scene was not in the script and the director added it? oh god and what
1: like (laughs) i don't understand i think it's just there to fill a couple more minutes because the film's so short (laughs) and and there is i I don't know if this is because she comes from tv writing at this time it feels like you could distill this down to a really solid 20 minute sitcom like an episode of friends you know where they have to go off and chase this guy and then come home something along those lines and it Mm, it would probably work if you took those really core bits Right. And even when they do stuff that could be funny, I, I think the ridiculous not, ridiculousness of it just loses me. The glory hole, do you know, there is something that could be funny. Cameron Diaz gets poked in the eye. Except the hole is in the wall, not between the stalls. Right. So it's either there's someone in the ladies or it's an external wall and there's some guy thrusting through brick, which I don't believe.
0: I think you're way overthinking that. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right, logistically. Yes, but I don't think the movie thought that through. It was The gag was literally just, there's a glory hole, she doesn't know what it is, so she gets poked in the eye with a penis. Yeah,
1: and I don't believe she like, wouldn't know what it is, and I don't believe they'd do that, and it just, it just never quite succeeds. <laughs> the joke is there, God, the, the, I... the, the crux of an idea is there.
0: Yeah, I still remember the first time I saw that scene, I was shocked. Right, absolutely shocked by that scene. Like, I think that was the most shocking scene in the movie for me. Yeah, I think in two thousand and two,
1: that's the one time it shows you. But but this is after there's something about Mary, where we've seen a guy stuck in a zipper. Like, (laughs) they go there and show. Well, but
0: I didn't see there's something about Mary.
1: That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) And and is there part of this that I assume you saw this at a time you were starting to discover more risque? films and the things that you've been, uh, I'm going to say denied, I don't know if denied is the right word, but not seen before?
0: It's interesting. I was thinking about that because in 2002, um, I was either just ending my sophomore year of college or just starting my junior year of college. So somewhere in there. So I was still very much involved in the church at that point in time, but I was also in college. And so I was kind of seeing a larger world than I previously seen and and so i remember seeing this movie i'm pretty sure i did see it in the theaters and i remember being delighted by it but then i went a really really long time without seeing it again okay and so i, I don't entirely remember what my thought process was other than being completely shocked by some of the things that were in the movie right but also enjoying a lot of the humor and the performances like i love christina applegate and i loved her in this Mm. and beyond that i have a hard time remembering kind of what was really going on in my head when i watched it okay
1: so if you had seen american pie a few years before this and american pie 2 you might have gone into this going oh yeah this is kind of tame by comparison but it is it is this being one of your first yeah, I mean, I had
0: seen American Pie. I did. Okay. I saw that when I was a senior in high school, but my main thoughts about that were I went to see it with a boy and I was completely embarrassed.
1: Oh, <laughs> sitting next you. to a
0: boy watching that movie. So that's my main memory of that. Okay. Um so I yeah, I just I don't know. I know that today I absolutely adore this movie and I I think it is relatively tame considering mm-hmm. what we get later with like bridesmaids and and things like that yeah i did read that the original version of the script was much much more rated r like okay. even even beyond the stuff that ends up in the unrated version like there's this whole penis song which i know wasn't in yours mm. did you look it up and watch it
1: no i didn't so I, I think that's in the scene where they're in the restaurant cafe thing There was a guy on a table behind them with a keyboard, a a (laughs) music keyboard. And he clearly played something for a couple. And it did make me think, oh, there's going to be a musical thing here.
0: Yes, there was a whole musical number. Mm. um, Choreographed. It's fantastic. Um, And that's got cut. You know, it's in the unrated version. So there is an unrated, like, mature version of this movie, but the script went even beyond that. Like, the studio tamed it way down, I think.
1: And it does. I think... Like I say, it wants to be a sex comedy, it wants to be a gross-out comedy, but it wants to be kind of PG-13. Yeah. So it's pulling back from everything where something else would do, actual bodily functions, fluids, seeing stuff on screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This also wanted to get more of an audience by having it open for... Get- yeah,
0: I think that makes it a casualty of the studio, mm. not the writer. Yeah.
1: I mean, the story as I mean, a whole. You don't is, think it's
0: written very well either. I, I, I think
1: the story as a whole is pretty. I did go back and rewatch why, cause the twist with the wedding. Mm-hmm. Which, which I didn't see coming. And I was like, wait, but the brother said it was his wedding. Mm-hmm. So I went back and watched what he said. And it is actually, it's, it's quite well done. He's saying that so she doesn't think he's, you know, sleazy bachelor on a bachelor party. Yeah. And, and Thomas Jane, to his fairness, does go, no, stop it. Stop doing that. No.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's actually
1: – that's quite well done. Mm-hmm. I will give them some credit for that thing. But then it just – it all ties into Jason Bateman's character is awful and continues to be awful. There's not a moment he's not awful.
0: <laughs> right. But the movie did handle the twist really, really well, you know, because they – it was misdirection, not outright lying. Mm. You know, that's something that Lonnie talks about all the time is if you have to lie to your audience to get your twist, then you don't do it well. Absolutely. And if you rewatch all of the scenes, even when we get just um, Thomas Jane and and Jason Bateman talking, it can go either way. If you listen to what they're saying, they never outright say who's getting married and who's not getting married, you know? And so when you know that it's Thomas Jane's character that's getting married, it makes perfect sense. Like they don't say anything that's. It doesn't go with that but when you think it's his brother getting married it also makes perfect sense yes
1: and and, I, um,
0: and, and every scene where they're alone together is the same mm-hmm. it, it's it's beautiful misdirection
1: yeah they're, they're, i think it deserves credit for that and i think the fact that you even meet parker posey and she is having misgivings about it at that point mm-hmm. like okay i can even buy into the fact they don't go through with the wedding you know perhaps they would have decided on this beforehand but fine right you know it it is a narrative thing so fine so that works i just even at that point i don't get why christina applegate goes to the church then has to leave the church and then they have to sneak back in even that bit of writing it makes no the whole bit with the kid what even is that
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's jesus look it's jesus
1: it's funny what is it doing in this film (laughs) It's, it, it means nothing. It's not needed.
0: I think it's intended to show, you know, to to make you see how uncomfortable the situation is because she doesn't know anybody there, you know, and, and she's having to interact with this kid who's being really annoying. And no, just, no, you're stretching. It, didn't there. Feel, it doesn't feel warm anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it just it works for me that's yeah, okay. all i can say okay. is it works for me i love it
1: and and then the setup with the fact she, we know she wrote something funny on the mailing list but we don't get to see what it is and then that's the right. thing that the the, the yeah. i don't know is there a term like extra meat cute thing the, the the moment of serendipity that allows him to find her right okay mm-hmm. that's quite nice as well mm-hmm. yeah
0: but it took him three weeks to follow up oh does it yes
1: or is it just it takes three weeks before he goes to that shop?
0: Oh, maybe. That's possible. I can't even
1: remember why they're in that shop. <laughs> oh, they say- oh,
0: they're helping her with the mannequin. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even find a reason. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, Amazing. Oh, goodness. I-, I love it. I right. do. I love it. Wait, um, tell, you me-
1: ha- tell me what you love about it then.
0: Wait. No, before we move oh, into okay. that, you made a comment to me on Discord Um, about how frustrating you found it that it seemed like they made this movie about women for women, but using male gaze. Yeah. And I want to have a conversation about that with you, because I think I disagree with you. So I want to find out more about where you're coming from on that and why that's what you saw.
1: Okay. Oh, you're now struggling to make me think of things. So let's go the bit with the biker. Okay. Let's go with the bit at the beginning, just before the montage. And I get the like talking about the way your breasts change over time is a realistic thing and mm-hmm. could be done in a funny way. You don't need them in the underwear, moving the breast around while they're doing that.
0: I—that's th- I, what a girl would do.
1: I—I th- I think the film does what's written to do the dialogue and these moments okay, but at the same time has them not wearing much and has Cameron Diaz and Christina Rappagate not wearing much whilst they do it. And the bit in the bathroom is actually about the guys looking in on them rather than the ridiculousness of all these people touching a breast. Hmm. It's about fetishizing lesbianism to take it to extremes.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Okay. I'll give you that one. I think I disagree with you on a lot of the other stuff. You know, I mean, and of course, your your opinions, your opinions, and they're valid for, for you. You know, <laughs> I mean, And I, I, wrong, I'm allowed to but... disagree. We disagree a lot. It's fine. I I think I have such a different perspective on this movie because this is also one of the first movies I ever saw. And again, this may have to do with the time period that I originally saw mm. it. But this is one of the first movies I ever saw where women were not punished for their sexuality. Right. Yeah. You know, um, usually when you get a woman who is quote-unquote a whore, who is, you know, very sexually promiscuous, who is sexually empowered, Mm -hmm. who takes charge, she either has to die or beg for forgiveness Mm -hmm. for that by the end of the movie. And this movie does not do that. This movie says these women can do what they want, they're allowed to do what they want, and they're not going to be punished for doing what they want. And I think because of that, that overshadows all of that other stuff. Okay.
1: I... I think i 50 percent agree with you it does that okay i think i can yes see there are places it does that thing but at the same time i don't believe cameron diaz's character wouldn't know what a glory hole is and when Chris- <laughs> and, and to be fair you know people surprise you they with what they do and don't know but right when christina Raffigate says to her i can't believe you didn't know what it was she says well unlike my whore friend who used to spend time in but bar- in uh men's bathrooms Like, she does also still call out women for owning their sexuality. And I feel like Selma Blair does get punished for her sexuality. I feel feel like the joke about... Oh, okay. Here's another bit in the male gaze. Christina Applegate walking through the apartment in the smallest panties and vest, rubbing her crotch because of (laughs) how exciting the sex has been. I, I think... I don't believe she'd do that. I think she would have a big, comfy dressing gown on and be rubbing herself no because the
0: guy's still there the guy's still there so she wouldn't yet
1: mm. okay maybe maybe yeah mm. <laughs> like i say I but can- i
0: also love that they give her they give her right after that though. they give her the line that he's so good in bed but so stupid, so stupid.
1: i love that that was good like yeah.
0: that's a great line mm. and and I, so i think because they do little things like that it it flips that script for me yeah and maybe maybe i'm giving it too much credit for that but and maybe this is coming from because this is the first movie that i saw that did those things
1: yeah and and then they definitely punish her at the end she's the one who is embarrassed by the sexual misadventure
0: (laughs) maybe i can tell you that all three women really loved filming that scene
1: it is i think i would have enjoyed it if it come way earlier (laughs) I think by that point, the film has lost me so much. Okay. <laughs> I'm just watching it going, okay, okay. It's almost finished. Okay. Almost there.
0: <laughs> well, I am going to suggest that you never go look up the penis song then.
1: Okay. I won't.
0: <laughs> but it's hilarious. No, I,
1: I, I will. Yeah, I will agree with you. For the most part, the film is doing some good stuff with that, whilst at the same time doing stuff that I think is a legacy of when it was made and the people okay. making it.
0: One more question mm-hmm. before we move into final things. How do you feel about the idea that the writer of this movie found herself very inspired by Monty Python?
1: I'm not sure I see it other than the irreverence that didn't make it on screen.
0: Okay. And and maybe that's what, what it is. Um, in this article that I read mm. is an interview with her, she said it three times. Right. Three times she talked about how... She was so into like the Monty Python style of humor, and that's really what made her write this. That's where the penis song came from. Right. But she, she, exp- in her mind, it was going to be more like silly operatic, kind of like John Cleese would do it mm-hmm. in, in that sort of style. Um, but I, I was reading this, and I was like, "Well, she's such a Monty Python fan. Matthew is such a Monty Python fan. Is he going to be able to see a connection there, or is it just completely?"
1: I mean, Monty Python have a song called The Penis Song. So she's being oh. really literal when saying she was inspired. Isn't
0: it wonderful to have a penis? <laughs> well, I did not know that.
1: Well, no, because so. we haven't watched Monty Python, The Meaning of Life yet. We're not going <laughs> to watch Monty Python, The Meaning of Life.
0: <laughs> <sighs> okay, so do you want me to talk about my favorite moments first? Because I clearly have more than you do.
1: I Yeah, I... I... I am enjoying hearing how much you love this film and that this film speaks to you. And I can utterly understand how it does from the time that you saw it, from what it meant to you at the time. Right. So I want to hear what 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 are the, the – if you'll forgive the pun the – pun, tentpole moments?
0: <laughs> uh, I adore the soundtrack of this movie. I had forgotten until I watched it and was like, wow, these songs are all really good. It's got but, Ben Foltz I mean, on it. Yeah. Yeah. There was some really good '90s music, mm. you know, and this was 2002, so it was still leaning heavily into '90s. Yeah, especially it, with the age it, that these two were.
1: It was probably made a year or two before it came out. I would imagine.
0: Yeah. Right. I I love the friendship between Courtney, Christina, and Jane. You know, like I said, this is really a love story between Courtney and Christina, mm. um, and and Jane is a supporting character in that. And I I love I love how it plays out. I love that, oh, there's, there's this whole line where, um, gosh, I keep getting them mixed up because Christina is a character name, but yeah. not the character name played by Christina. um So Christina Applegate's character, she's trying to get Cameron Diaz to get up and go to the wedding. And Cameron Diaz is all like, no, 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 I was just joking, all the things I said. And then we get this very serious moment where Christina Applegate says 50% of what people say when they say they're joking is real and you just say you're joking because you can be vulnerable and say the Mm. truth you know and that that's a wonderful moment and it's a wonderful moment between friends that she can call her friend out on that and her friend can feel vulnerable enough to admit that she's right yeah agreed i love that you get to see that stuff um the movie montage is hilarious Uh, it's actually honestly let me tell you it's even more hilarious now that i understand that there was a dumb and dumber reference in it that i didn't get before and desperately seeking susan Yes. Yeah. I always knew it was Madonna, though. So okay, that I did like so, it, but I didn't put it together with desperately seeking. Have, Susan have you seen Flashdance? No. I ha- well, I've seen parts of it. Okay, so super familiar.
1: And I'm going to assume you've seen Pretty Woman. Oh, of course. okay. <laughs> of course.
0: Like I think that was my first big rom com. Mm. Have you seen in ha- my life? Have you seen Swingers? I have not.
1: Okay. Mm. I'm I'm wary of going back to that one. I'm not sure it stands up. (laughs) Okay. In in today's culture. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it it feels like they're trying to extend the film. And again, if the film is taking you, I think it would be fun.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it it was for me. I mean, it it absolutely has no meaning. It has no bearing on the plot. It's just fun to watch. Hmm. It it is it is a kid
1: in church is what it is.
0: um i also really really like courtney's messy car okay honestly because you don't often see the beautiful women in these movies as anything other than perfect their their houses are pristine their cars are pristine their clothes are pristine but women can be slobs women can have putty mouths women can be crude and women can have trash everywhere in their cars And do. and Me me included, yes. And do. I do. Now, I've never had, like, maggoty food in my car. That I can promise you. Okay. But I love the depiction of a woman who seemingly has it all together can have such a messy car. Hmm. Like, it's such a minor detail, but it's so realistic that it speaks to me.
1: Yeah. You're right. It's not a detail that's often done and certainly not done about women, but it is utterly true. Yes. Yeah.
0: And then a couple quotes. I, I don't know why I love this so much, but I really love the thread of "fuck grandma." Oh, from the from I just the think grandpa. It's funny, yes. <sighs> I just think it's funny. It's it's unexpected. It doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's just funny. It it's another
1: thing that just comes to nothing. If some of this stuff had a denouement, has some sort of joke at the end of it. But why do we keep going to this joke? It means nothing.
0: Because it's funny. Okay. Jokes don't have to mean anything to be funny.
1: But but the, the thing about it, it has no bearing on the film. Yeah, I just I, I and almost because it's making me expect there to be something a bit like the kid does something mm-hmm. later on because she said the wrong thing or because he likes right. her now or something. It just deliver on something. <laughs>
0: okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I also like the. <laughs> It makes me laugh just cool. thinking about it. the conversation they're having in the car about what it smelled, you know, why there's a bad smell. Mm. And she's like, well, maybe it's you. And they end up with high five on the clean punani. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. That's the gift that I picked whenever I uh, you know, yeah, tweeted yeah. that I was watching this movie. Um, it just, it's funny and it makes me laugh. And I like it. That's all I got. It just, it makes me laugh. This movie makes me happy. And that's why I like it.
1: Nice. And, and I like hearing that. That's nice.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, See. this is how I felt when we talked about Monty Python. Yeah. I hate that movie, but I love talking about it with you because it was so nice to hear you guys.
1: You were so scared to come and talk to me today.
0: I was. <laughs> I was.
1: <laughs> well, we've got Twilight coming up. Let's see how we go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Were there any parts of this movie that you could say were favorites?
1: It, it does some good stuff. Like I say, there are bits in here that you could cut down to and go... It's a solid 20-minute story. I did enjoy the dream she has after meeting Peter. Mm-hmm. Because it's the sort of thing I'm sure I've seen like the, the SNL Second City group do. People like Dan Aykroyd.
0: In in fact, okay.
1: in Ghostbusters, we have him dreaming about a ghost going down on him. And, yes. and uh, it works to a greater or lesser extent in that. So you, it's good that it's done the other way here. On plain mm-hmm. terms. And then this is an example of them just ratcheting up the comedy at every step and doing the same thing over and over again and it becoming funnier through doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, the first thing he's going down on her, then it's really good. Then he wants to do it again and again and again. Then he says, actually, men don't like blowjobs. It was a rumor that we need to stop. You need to tell all your friends men don't like blow. Oh, and now there's ice cream and waffles coming into the thing. Don't worry. I had them take the calories out of it for you. Tell you what, while mm-hmm. you eat that, I want to go down on you again. And it's just every moment of that is just going more and more extreme that makes it funnier. Right. That is a well-worked moment of the film.
0: Okay. I'm glad there was one for you. it
1: made me laugh. And there was one line that did make me laugh. It's the sort of pun I could hear anywhere. And it would make me laugh (laughs) when they're at the front of the chapel. And he, Thomas Jane and Parker Posey are speaking. And he goes, I'm having reservations. And she goes, where? And that's really good. That's really good.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Only you would like that. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a superb pun. It's probably <laughs> something I would do with Catherine. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I think I was hoping that the combination of Christina Applegate plus the surprise of Parker Posey would be enough to really, like, ratchet this movie up for you. Okay. Although, on Twitter, you gave it 4 out of 10, which is a little higher than I was expecting, so I do appreciate that. It is
1: all down to those performances. They, they, okay. they are given bad material, and the film is bad and does bad things,
0: but Aww. they do those
1: bad things well. So I will give them the credit for that.
0: Okay. I'll take it. I will take it. But it's
1: not anywhere near a recommendation.
0: No, but I wholeheartedly recommend this movie. Although, um, if you watch the trailer, don't judge it based on the trailer, because like yeah. Matthew said, it lies. There are a lot of scenes in that trailer that are not in the movie.
1: Well, that, that's the first thing. And then it sets it up that this is a typical rom-com.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: changes the character of Cameron Diaz. It makes her character something she's not. Mm-hmm. And then it uses shots from the end of the film to imply that's the setup of it. It just...
0: Right. It lies. <sighs>
1: The, the studio did not know what to do with this film. And they I think they still think it's a rom-com because that's still how it's listed everywhere. Yeah. Even after all this yeah. time. Like, even if they said in a, you know, light sex comedy or a light gross-out mm-hmm. comedy or something.
0: It's not quite the level of a gross-out comedy. Like, it dabbles.
1: Yeah, I think it wants to be. I think that's the thing it comes closest to. Mm-hmm. Because even uh, – you're absolutely right. It's not hugely raunchy in sex comedy way, in the way like an American pie is. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, is there anything else we need to discuss about The Sweetest Thing?
0: Did you watch all the way through the end credits?
1: Uh, I want to
0: say I At did, least the scenes.
1: I, I at least saw, like, the shots of them saying we could stay here all credits.
0: Uh-huh. What, did you find any – like, because they did kind of some bloopers there yeah. and, and some extra funny stuff there. Did you – did that work for you? Did Christi- um, Cameron Diaz ripping out her extensions <laughs> work for you?
1: No, because it was just over. <laughs> it was finished.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: The film was trapping oh. me.
0: It was trapping you, yes. <laughs> oh, but I liked it so much. Good. I appreciate you being a good sport and watching it and talking to me about it.
1: Well, we got more like this to come. What's next?
0: next is 27 dresses which is a traditional okay, yep. rom-com 100
1: so so we've got five films two i picked two you picked this was the film that we agreed on yes okay okay
0: yep it's really good i saw it in the theater too so mm. i like it Quarky. plus i really like katherine heigl so
1: mm. she's before my grace time so okay if you'd like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PCDeprived on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. You can email us using podcast.eloquentgushing.com, or you can leave a voice message by going to speakpipe.com slash gushing.
0: And we are also 100% funded by listeners like you through our Patreon page. So any amount you can give, even just a dollar a month, will give you access to exclusive content while also helping to support our network and help us develop new shows. To find out more, please visit patreon.com slash eloquent gushing. And we will be back next week with another episode where we'll talk about 27 dresses, like we just told you. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And even when I dream of you, the sweetest dream would never do. I'd still miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing.